tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh yeah, we are here at AfterBuzz TV with our Monday Night Football Recap. It was an exciting game tonight. It actually was, and I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be either. Tonight, um, our panel is a little bit slimmer tonight. Maybe that's not the right word. Nothing against, you know, John or Tina Cap, But they were, unfortunately, had scheduling conflicts today. So I have a special guest with me to talk football tonight, though. I'm very, very excited. We've bonded. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay McCormick is here. Now, you've done a little bit of everything in the, in the sports industry. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me where the people can find you if they want to tweet along with you during the show. Um, and thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so you can tweet along at Lindsay M underscore sports. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of smack talk. Yeah. Because uh, I thought it was going to be a Cardinals blowout, but uh, it was it definitely was not. No. Although we were both rooting for the Cardinals. Not rooting, but we both had picked the Cardinals to win. Yeah. I think everybody did. Other than Ravens fans. True. Real Ravens fans yeah. that don't play fantasy football. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Uh, so before this, uh, I worked with uh, CBS. I did the NFL draft for them in 2012. I worked with Sunday Night Football. Uh, let's see. I did the Super Bowl. The you, Super you've been Bowl. everywhere. Yeah. You've been everywhere. You've done, you know, locker room interviews, sidelines. Yeah. Like, you really are in it. And for me, it's such a pleasure to have another woman here who knows sports to talk about it. It really is fun. Um, because it is, we we enjoy it just as much as the men, you know. And sometimes it's it's a little bit hard to get our opinion heard, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you came here, and you know, it's lovely to have you. Um, and we did watch the game together, guys. So that's always fun too. We get to watch the game, and then we just come right on live. So we'll bring you some stats, our analysis, stuff like that. Sometimes we'll miss up something here or there everywhere but it's just because it just happened we've got a fantasy stat guru has our back on the uh chat thread in case we need a stat he usually finds them so going into this game we have the baltimore ravens versus the arizona cardinals and again like you said i think actually though on our panel two people picked the ravens really i picked the cardinals and i think tina cap picked the cardinals but john picked the ravens which i thought was a weird pick yeah but um, I feel like it was almost like they were due. The Ravens were going into this one and five, and the Cardinals were going into this four and two. So of yeah. course you would pick the Cardinals, but I don't know. I thought that it was you know I had this fear that maybe the Ravens would do for a win. Mm, I did too, but then I remember how well the Cardinals played at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and I saw the issues that Carson Palmer had in the two losses, which were mainly in the red zone, and I knew if he could address those issues then they would be good. Yeah. How do you think? Do you think he did address those? Because, you know, all in all, he I feel like he had a solid game tonight, but you do see little things. Yeah. Like, for me, at the end of the game, the intentional grounding, it's like sometimes stuff like that, when the pressure gets to even these seasoned quarterbacks, they it's like malfunction. Yeah. Something happens. Why do you think that happens? 
I don't know. I yeah. mean, I guess they're human. True, true. They're not uh, the guys that we put the posters on our walls of. They're, they are human and they make mistakes. And especially when there's a lot of implications on the line, they... Yeah. It's just it's just interesting to me, so the things that happen during the games. You know, again, the comeback at the end of this game, which we'll get to, you know, a little bit later. But we had some, some really, you know, going into this, we both agree that the Cardinals have a great secondary. Yes. There's a lot of versatility there. Yeah. And I feel like the Cardinals not only have a great secondary, but they've got a lot of weapons on offense as well. Yeah. You know, which is, I feel like a lot of teams, there's always – the one guy that shines on the offense and the one guy that shines on the defense. Yeah, well, well the Cardinals have Larry Fitzgerald. So he's, like, True. that guy. But then, like, we were we were talking about when we were watching the game, Carson Palmer used so many different weapons in that game. Yeah. I mean, you had Chris Johnson, who rushed for 122 yards. Yeah. Former Jet. I know. <laughs> but, and, and little things stuck out to me. Like, when you have someone like Chris Johnson, who, again, it's, like, the extra effort. I've been seeing a lot this season, the extra effort of the players. Mm -hmm. The heads-up game. There's a lot of that. You know, for Week 7, there's a lot of that happening. And that makes me excited because, you know, the more and more of these refs and the more and more with these flags, the more and more I feel like the players are also getting in tune with the game and what they need to do to keep the edge in order to win. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just excited. I remember Chris Johnson when he was with the Titans and then with, with your Jets. And it's just exciting for me to see him kind of make a comeback. Yeah. And this game, I think, was the start of that. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree with you. And he is, you know, we, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because when was he signed to the Titans? Do you know by any chance? He, you- he was there for four years, I want to say through 2013. And then he was with the Jets just, just one for 2014. Right, right. So he was, so he's been, this is his sixth year in, in the league. Yeah. So, and again, that's, number one, that's somewhat of a long career for some of these guys. Yeah. And the fact that it's the roller coaster, again, just kind of makes him human. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Joe Flacco. I mean, I don't know what's happening with Joe Flacco. I mean, again, he's he has that thing that most vet quarterbacks have at the end. He can try and get it together and have the comeback. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like, I mean, the Ravens last year were 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Now they're 1-6. and six. Yeah. Like, what's happened? What do you attribute that to? I don't think he has many outside weapons. Yeah. I, I don't think, think he has any weapons. <laughs> like, who's he, who's he consistently well, got? Well, he's got Steve Smith. That's true. Who, it's his final year. Yeah, that's true. But other than that, I think they're in trouble. Like, how bad a trouble? Like, what do you think their season's going to be? I mean, Joe Flacco's still a decent quarterback, so it's not yeah. like you're dealing with, uh, I don't know, Johnny Manziel or somebody, yeah. like, somebody like that. Right. No, I agree with you. I think that Joe Flacco's a, a decent quarterback. I think that, I mean, I don't know exactly what happened. I guess they lost a few players, but but the fact going to a 10-6 season to 1-6, yeah. that's pretty harsh. Yeah, it is. Um, And he does. He, I mean, you got four set as a weapon but not really mm-hmm. um but I, I mean I don't know I don't I don't think that the Ravens have a bright future so to speak and it's to me it's it's shocking because they've always been that team that's just like rough and tough and dirty and comes back yeah. and gets it done well, and they're not well they've got Suggs who's out so that's right. that's like your main pass rusher and without him you're gonna you're gonna struggle on defense yeah he's such a big part of that defense 
Well, and I think the offensive, the, the line, too, is not helping. Because it's like yeah. you've got Forsett, who went who had 12 carries for 36 yards. And on the opposite, you got Chris Johnson, who went, who had 18 car- carries and 122 yards. So it's yeah. like, there's just, it's just not happening. Mm-mm. Hmm, very interesting. And again, the Cardinals, too, they've, they've had some changes, too. I mean, they have a new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, Coach Todd Bowles is now with the Jets, which I'm very happy about. But I feel like that team, they lost Antonio Camardi as well. So they've lost a few key D, but they still have a very good defense. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, you know you have a good organization when you have that play and plug situation almost, where it's like you can plug in a new coach or you can plug in a new player and there's just somewhat of a foundation where they actually just keep winning games. Mm-hmm. The, well, the one thing I love about the the Cardinals is they have such a great secondary they're somewhat young compared to the rest of the team. We were looking at up the ages for all the players, and yeah. a lot of those guys are really old. But they have a young secondary that's really talented. They're also versi- such versatile players. Right. So they can do different packages. Uh, you have one guy playing safety, and then he can also play nickel. You've got yeah. so many different things you can do with all of those players. Which is kind of awesome because in this day and age, I feel like those are the players – you know that are worth more in a lot of ways and it's because you can you can do all that and you you never know not only can you play them there but if for some reason i mean things happen on the field where you're set up for something and something else happens like those players know how to react in that you know what i mean like they don't get beat as much because their head taps into three different methods of being on that d so i feel like that's that is really you know exciting again this game i mean it was a lot more quote-unquote interesting game than last Monday with the Giants and the Eagles. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, again, it wasn't that exciting, intense... The end. The very end. end. At the end. The end was exciting, but it was never an intense... Like, you kind of always thought the Cardinals would win until the very end. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, there's a there's a lot of that happening now. Like, there's not there's a, bit, a bunch of blowouts that happened this weekend. I mean, the Texans got blown out. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of... <laughs> well, their quarterback missed the flight. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. The fact... And it's funny, because we were talking about this earlier. We cover Hard Knocks here at After Buzz as well. And we covered that, and he... Ryan Millette slept through practice at one point in time, too. And he had to come in and he had to apologize to the coaches and he had to do this whole big thing. So something's happening there. Like, how do you run late to your plane? I I mean, I guess you just don't have your priorities in order or you need a better cell phone or alarm clock. Or you're making that much money. Have someone come to your house and yeah. give them a key. Yeah. Have them Give the maid a key. Give yeah. someone a key in order to to get you situated. Like how do you, how do your teammates not blow up your phone when they realize you're not on the plane with them? You know, I wonder if there's trouble. And you know, we've seen this in multiple organizations, and it's something we want to touch upon too. But I wonder if there's trouble in the locker room, and they just don't care. Maybe you know what I mean, like because you and I or normal people would think that you know. It would, you would call your quarterback. You'd be in contact with the quarterback. You might talk to him in the morning. You would yeah. think, but because no one's calling him and this is the second time it happened, maybe they're just over it. Maybe. Which is interesting because I feel like a lot of locker room is, you know, we go back and go ahead. What are you say? I was going to say, he also doesn't strike me. And, and I covered Ryan Mallett when he was at um, Arkansas. He doesn't strike me as 
the leader, such as Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or some guy that's going to come in and dominate the locker room and really be that leader for your team. He doesn't strike me as a quarterback that would do that. Well, it was interesting because the quarterback battle that was happening with the Texans for a while, that was exactly what I was saying as well. He doesn't strike me. He doesn't have presence. And we've talked about this with other quarterbacks too. The, The presence on the field clearly it's not as important as the talent or the arm strength or, you know, being able to get out of the pocket, whatever. But the presence on the field as a quarterback, like, you're the leader of the team. Yeah. You have to show up on time. You show up early. You know what I mean? Like, you do things like Aaron Rodgers does. You buy every one of your players a freaking TV and this for Christmas because you're like, they protect me. You know what I mean? Like, you have to set the standard for everything that happens, you can't be oversleeping. Like, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. It's crazy to me. It seems like a guy that doesn't want that job very bad. Exactly. And and I, I don't know. Like, you know, he didn't have the starting position in the beginning. He got it. Will he lose it again? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm available if the Texans need a quarterback. Oh, really? <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, she's available. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, see, we've got, we've got people in our, um, Jonathan, who's actually not here because he's not feeling well, but he is normally on the panel. The team does not like him. So, um, I feel like, you know, the, it's, it's kind of clear that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, okay, back to the game tonight. Again, I feel like it was a slow game. It was, you know, Johnson ran in for a touchdown. Then it was like a couple field goals. We had, although Matthew, mm-hmm. um, he, his defense, again, we keep going back. I feel like we just keep going back to the Cardinals defense. His defensive play, that play where it was such a clean block at yeah. the end zone, the focus, and you had mentioned that he had been having a, couple bad games. No, he was on a roll and then he just had a bad game last week against oh, last the week. Steelers. And so I feel like this was his way of, of making it up. Like you could tell he was wanting to play really well in this game. And because you've interviewed a lot of the players, you've spent time with a lot of the players, is that a pattern? Like do you see that if a player has a couple good games and a bad game, he gets hard on himself and he, and he bounces back? Or do, like how long in your career like have you seen it is it usually the next game they bounce back sometimes? Is it a few games? Like, what? Is, do, you, do you have any opinion on that? I think it depends on the player and their personality and how competitive they are. Like, yeah. Tyron Matthew seems like he, I mean, he was the honey badger in college. Yeah. He seems like the guy that works really, really hard and wants to do a good job. Yeah. So I I understand why he was able to make that turnaround so quickly. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like just shows us how much... You know, this game, again, it is physical, it is talent, it is something that we don't have, but in the same sense, it's mental. Yeah. It's mental in a lot of ways. And these guys that bounce back, they're the ones that are going to succeed. They're the ones that are going to be in the league for the long run, I think. Yeah, especially for the quarterback position, though. I mean, look at Peyton Manning, and it's it's very, very mental. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's very, very mental. And it's like, I feel like, again, we've had one of these games where we got Fitzgerald yeah. on the offense. It was his 170th straight game with an interception. Ow. That's crazy. Yeah. So that means not only has he played 170. Well, I, maybe that doesn't mean he's played 170. That's that. I wonder if it means he's played 170. Um, because I don't think he's been hurt at all. He's been healthy. And he's, like, raking in the fantasy points. You yeah. should know over there. <laughs> well, I don't have him because I'm not doing well. <laughs> I know. That's what you were saying. Which is so funny because, again, like, you guys out there know, um, if you've followed this show, we do talk about, you know, fantasy a lot. But I'm not a big fantasy fan because I just can't. Like, I can't 
I want to watch a game and be excited and be sad and, and everything just for my one game. Yeah. You know, not because there might be one of my players on another team. Like, that doesn't, you know, bring it to me. But I've heard so many people that have Fitzgerald, and they're just like, oh, my God, he's raking in the points. Yep. That's awesome. You don't have him, though. I don't. I had Steve Smith. Oh, he did all right tonight. Yeah, he did okay. What did he get, 78 yards or something like that? Yeah. So he had five receptions for 78 yards. Yeah. How many points does that get you in fantasy? Uh, not enough. <laughs> oh, right. And, and apparently, you guys out there, I, I'm going to challenge you that Lindsay has the best bet going for her fantasy football league. If she loses, she told me this in confidence, and I'm totally telling all of you, but if she loses her fantasy football league, how many people are in it? Uh, 12. 12 people. If she's dead last, because she's the one that works in sports... Mm-hmm. She is going to legally allow somebody to give her a middle name. She mm-hmm. has no legal middle name right now. She was going to change that. They get to pick. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's, I don't know if it will, though. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. Last week in our mass fantasy email chain, everybody was sending their smack talk, and they were all picking different middle names for me. And that was like their version of smack talk. That's really, really funny. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. Betting, all that stuff. Like, it's kind of, I understand it. It's fun. It's, but I get it. Like, I don't know. The the fantasy thing to me. I just can't get into it. I just can't get into it. Well, if your middle, if your middle name, if your name was literally on the line, you would get into it. Yeah, I would never bet my middle name because I can't bet. It's like I can't bet against the Jets. If I got stuck with Tom Brady, I'd have to bench him just because he's never been benched. Well, you get to pick. So you could have all the Jets on your team if you wanted. Yeah, but that's not the smartest thing either. (laughs) I mean, I know what it is. Um, We had some really interesting things happen around the NFL this week that I think we should touch upon, too. Mm -hmm. We had the incident with Hardy from the Dallas Cowboys, Mm -hmm. and I feel like this is something that we're seeing time in and and time again. This media locker room thing, which last week we had some of the Cincinnati Bengals players got in the camera angle, and they were shown their bare bottoms, which they were upset about. And now you've been in the locker room. So do you think, like, there's been this conversation of, we should get rid of the locker room interviews. We shouldn't. And then, I like, I understand the energy is different after the game, so that's why we want it. Yeah. But do you think there's a way to solve these problems that are happening? A, these guys who we talked about earlier who maybe are looking for more press by not getting giving press. Mm-hmm. You know, like the no comments, I'm here to get fined. You know, the Marshawns and now Hardy's following suit. The, the bare bottoms. Like, what do you think? Or is it, like, tell me about it. Is it that great after that energy after the game where you need to report it? It depends on the player. There's some players, I was telling you, that are so media trained that it's a waste of my time to even go over to them and interview them. Because I'm going to get a generic answer that I'm not even going to use in an article. Right. And if it's a player like Des Bryant or Terrell Owens, like, you go straight for those guys because you know you're going to get great quotes that you can use in articles and that will make headlines. So in that sense, it's great if it's a player like that. Uh, But do you think, like, do you think there's a way to have... You know them stop before they go to the locker room, or is it necessary? Because what is it? You get like fifteen minutes in the locker room or something, right? Afterwards, do you remember, do you know what it is? It depends on if it's the home team or the away team. Because oh, okay. the away team, they they need to make a flight, so you have you're on a deadline. Okay, so you go in there, and that's why it's a little dicey that we're interviewing these players while they're coming out of showers because all this stuff is trying to happen. They're trying to pack their lockers up so that they can make their flight. Got it. And I'm trying to get my my quotes for my whatever I'm working on that week 
And so everybody's trying to do their job at once and it's just chaos. And some people are better at staying on the task at hand and others are not. Right. So it just, it, I think it's on a player it, it by just player by player, player by player by team. Is there anything that stands out to you besides the ones you mentioned about like Des and the people that are just so, you know, aware of the media? And because I really feel like at the end of the day, without the media, these guys aren't going to get paid. Without the media, yeah. there's no game, really. Right. There's no commercials, there's no press, there's no nothing. So, with, I mean, like, I get there'd be something, but it'd be like soccer if there was no media and no commercials and no paying. Yeah. So it's like, I get that some people are just really appreciative of it, but some people just probably don't want to do it at all. Oh, I mean, I think it's in their contract when they sign, and the NFL has made it a rule that the players have to talk to the media. So it's like anybody else. Everybody has things they don't want to do in their, their job. Right. So this is just one of those things. Some players love it. Some pe- some players hate it. But I feel like it, because it's your job, you're supposed to put a smile on your face when you do it. Meh. Nah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, all right, well, let's get back to the game. What else about the game, you know, stood out for you? I mean, again, for me, it was kind of a uh, definitely way better than last Monday. Still kind of a mediocre game. But, you know, at the end, again, it, it did get interesting. For, for me, just watching the very beginning was how, I mean, the Ravens' defense is not one of the best. And so how good they played, especially in the first quarter, was something that stood out to me. Yeah, they were even leading in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I also agree that, um, well, we're talking about the, the Ravens' defense. It's interesting because they had... They were showed a stat that the defense coordinator has been there for, I believe, like four years. But one of his p- previous places, he was the Patriots defensive coordinator, too. And you would think that, I mean, not that the Patriots are the end-all, be-all, but you would think that coaching coming from that would improve and it wouldn't be something that's, you know, getting worse as they go on. Because I feel like, again, yeah. the Ravens this year, they made a turn. And I, I'm not quite sure. I can't put my finger on why that turn was made. But it's definitely they something needs to give or change there. Well, they lost Torrey Smith yeah, to but, the Niners. And but it's one player. I know. It's like you can't be a solid team if you lose one player and you fall apart. You were 10-6 and six last year, 1-6 <laughs> and six this year. Like, how does that happen? That's crazy to me. <laughs> It's crazy. Well, you lose a presence in the locker room like Ray Lewis. and That's true, too. And that happens. And Yeah, I feel like it's almost like they're deflated. Well, and Ray Rice was such a big part of that, yeah. that offense, too. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I feel like there is, and it's you don't see that, not adrenaline, because they're all like playing and hard in the moment, but you don't see that, that heart out on the field from the Ravens, I don't think. Because it was. It was always that heart that, like... It was almost like you were like, oh, crap, we're playing the Ravens. When, you, like, your teams, you're like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. And somehow, I don't know if it's going to be good, bad, ugly, dirty, clean, but it's going to be complicated to beat the Ravens. Yeah. It's usually, I feel like, across the board what the feeling was. They're just not playing with passion anymore. Is yeah. Is. No, I totally agree with you. And the Cardinals are. I mean, they're 4-2 and two going into this game. Now they're 5-2. and two. Again, they've got multiple weapons on the offense, they've got they've used Brown, they got Johnson, they got yeah. Ellington, they got Fitzgerald, and it's, it's so funny. I keep in my head hearing Fitzpatrick instead of Fitzgerald, <laughs> but you know they they do have that, and it really is that supporting cast that's so important, you know, in these games to win these games. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some really craziness at the end of the game with the Ravens. We had, um, you know, first of all Palmer again, did that intentional grounding, which led to them getting the ball. And it was really funny because when we were watching, we are like, oh, two-minute warning. And I was just like, um, all right, well, 
Maybe, maybe. Especially because my game yesterday, the Jets-Patriots game, there was like a minute and 13 seconds left, and we got a 55-yard field goal and an onside kick and then a crazy penalty, and we lost because that's what we do. But it was like, I'm like, they got two full minutes. We're going to come back. They had a 31-yard pass to Givens, which was awesome. And then Gilmore again, and it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's just crazy. And then it's, it's one of those things where it was the perfect non it was the perfect bad ending you know and then they Flacco just throws an interception to Jefferson over the middle into the end zone and it's like you get there and it's just like pfft. well the thing that I love about Flacco from an entertainment standpoint is you never know what you're going to get like when the game is on the line right like it's either going to be something epic or an interception like tonight it's true it's very true and and I feel like and again Flacco falls into this category it's almost like you don't know where to put him mm-hmm. because he's not overrated because he's not really right. rated. He's not necessarily underrated because he's not that great. Yeah. But when you think about him, the faces and the names and the the other quarterbacks that come into play for me is like Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. And yeah. not that he's as good as them, but he's in that same club with them, so yeah. to speak. But it's like it's like he got this short end of the stick. Maybe, but... He has a ring, so, you know. That's true, but so does Eli Manning and Drew Brees. Yeah. So I feel like it's very, um, you know, it, it's almost like right now, I feel like out of the three of them, Flacco is, you know, definitely the third. No question. Yeah. Which, it, it's unfortunate, because I feel like he is, like, I feel like he's a good guy. Like, you want to, like, have a drink with him, because it's like, <laughs> he's always just like, all right, I'm here. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, him and Eli Manning. I love yeah. all the memes on Instagram of Eli Manning. Yeah, well, I've told you what I... Eli Manning, to me, and we talked about this last week, to me, it just always looks like he has poop in his diaper. <laughs> it is. It's just literally, like, he already... Something is always wrong. It, you know, when you see him in those commercials, too, yeah. it's just like... Like, the internal <laughs> song in his head is... Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're exactly right. Um, All right, so what was... What, I mean, I feel like, um, you know... Oh, you know what was really interesting about... Came up again, that's something that's current that came up for me in this game that you were telling me about, was Rashad Johnson from the from the Cardinals secondary. Mm-hmm. He's only got nine fingers. Yeah. He because, lost one in 2013. Yeah, which is interesting because there's so much talk about the Giants' Pierre Paul. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if this guy's got, like, what's the big, what's really going on with the Giants? Like, what do you think's really going on? Do you think he'll play again? Well, I, he reported to the facility this week. He did? Yeah. Okay. So well, he, I mean, he wanted, he wants to go out there next week, but the, obviously they're not going to let him. No, it's crazy. I wonder, like, how important your fingers are. Well, I mean, your fingers are important, obviously, but I wonder how, you know, it's like if one guy loses a finger because it's a bone-crushing tackle, is that thought to be different than another guy who loses his finger because he blew up fireworks? You know, the mentality behind it is so different that I'm sure they've got different chances to their pro- their healing process, their process to get back on the field. You know what I mean? Like, one's almost a bad choice, and yeah. one's like, you were on the field doing your best, and this is what happened. Yeah. One's praised and probably feared by a lot of people. True. Very, very true. Um, and it is. You know, I love... The other thing that I feel like stood out for me this game, and again, I don't know, it's just maybe it's because I'm a fan of the team that I'm a fan of, but it's just the heart and the you know of these Cardinals. Like, they really, really have that second and third effort yeah I I think they just mesh so well as a team a lot of those guys especially on their defense 
played against each other in college in the SEC. You got you have a lot of LSU players, Alabama players, Auburn players, and so it's fun for them, especially in the locker room. I, I, I went to college with Gerard Powers, who's on the Cardinals, and I always love seeing all his photos of their their bets on college football Saturday. And in the locker room, if you lose a game, then you have to wear the other team's colors. So they just have a great chemistry, and I think that's the secret why they've been so successful. Yeah, it is. And again, that's a lot of the stuff that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's almost intrusive that going in the locker room and, and being in that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I can see both sides of it. Like, I get it as a as a host, as a correspondent. You, you know, like, I, I can see why it's important, but I can also see how it takes away from some of their... Bonding and chemistry. Yeah. But they, I mean, they're together every day during the week except for their their sure. one off day. So the media doesn't get access to that that much if you look at it. Right. And when a team loses, you don't really want to be in that losing locker room. You you proceed with caution and you talk to certain players that you know see it as a business and don't take it too emotionally and you do your job and you get out of there. Yeah. It's scary. Well, how, you know, tell me what, what is, and you don't have to tell, I'm not asking specific players, but what do you think if you had to give it a percentage, what do you think of the percentage is of players that play with emotion and heart and love the game? I mean, I get all the players love the game yeah. versus the players that loved the game in college yeah. because it was different and now it's a business and they've got a certain amount of time they want to play so they can make a certain amount of money so they can support their family. Like, what do you, do you think it's equal or what do you no, think? No, I would say 75% of those players view it as a business. Really? Yeah, because a lot of guys that I'm close with, they loved it in college and now they said it's a completely different game. Why? Because, I mean, you have so many responsibilities. It's a different atmosphere. The way they treat it is a business, which is why it blows my mind. Ryan Mallett was not on that plane. Yeah. Like, that's your job. Yeah, that's just not okay. That wouldn't fly. <laughs> no pun intended. That wouldn't fly anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't be okay. People would get fired. Yeah. And and it's almost like, you know, he has the team in a place where you pay for these players. You can't just cut them because then it hurts them. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very odd predicament to be in when your players are doing stuff like that. Yeah. And if it was a player that wasn't as important, he would have been gone already. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Texans are just having trouble <laughs> all over. You know, I actually thought they were going to be good. Me too. From the hard knocks, yeah. I was convinced. I was a fan. I was like, this is going to be great. They've got a bunch of guys. You got Will Fork on D. You got, you know. Do you think there's a hard knocks jinx, kind of like the Madden cover? No, I actually, um, from from what I read, there's a statistic that teams generally more so get into the playoffs or further in the season when they're the hard knocks team. Huh. I remember some, the Jets did well. Yeah. There's some sort of statistic about that that I don't know off the top of my head um, that maybe somebody out there knows. But I feel like um, there is you know, some sort of statistic that if they appear on hard knocks. And I think, too, though, because in order to get on hard knocks, there's a bunch of credentials that have to be met. Like you ha- your record has to be this. You have to not have been on it for such and such years. But but now I feel like the it's jinx? difficult. Well, I feel like it's difficult for them to get teams to want to do this. To want to, oh, I mean, you were just saying it's kind of a little intrusive having the media go in 
to the locker room just after the game. Can you imagine having cameras following you to all your intimate practices? Yes. You know, I actually got to interview um, Thomas Quincy Jones, who was on the New York Jets in 2010 as well. Uh And when uh, they did Hard Knocks, and he actually said, though, that what you see on Hard Knocks is about... 2% of what really happens. And to me, that blew my mind because I feel like you get, they break the fourth wall in Hard Knocks. You see a lot of it, but it really is staged for, not staged, but it really is, you know, trimmed, toned down a lot so that... Ooh, you'll love this piece of information. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell us. I forgot to tell you this earlier. Um, Okay, so I interviewed Antonio Cromartie and he has that famous scene in Hard Knocks where... He can't remember all of his kids' names, or it takes him a while to to, to yeah. name them all. And I asked him about it. I don't know. I, maybe I just drank some really strong coffee that day and grew some balls. But right. I asked him. I said, "What was the deal with your Hard Knocks interview?" I said, "Why did you have such a difficult time uh, naming all your kids?" Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "He was like Lindsay. That was the second take we did." He goes, "That wasn't the first take." He goes, "I did it the first time and I nailed it." He goes, "The producer asked me to do it again and pause in between each child's name." So, oh, that makes me angry. I know. Because I love him. I got to interview him at the Super Bowl, too. He's and great. He, he's so great, and he's super handsome. And he was. <laughs> it was awesome because we were talking, and I was like, come on back to my Jets. He's like, I'm a free agent. You never know. And now we've got him <laughs> back. So it was, uh, it was, yeah, that's interesting. So um, it is interesting how we perceive the game. The game definitely has changed mm-hmm. from college to pros. I love that you are bringing us some inside <laughs> scoop on all that. Um, and then, you know, what else? Was there anything about this game that, you know, I know we're, we've touched on it, but I wanted to, you know, also give the viewers and listeners some insight on some of your, you know, career and things that you've been able to do. But I don't think there wasn't any big wow, like – craziness for me besides the Ravens D look strong then they kind of went out yeah the Cardinals have a lot of weapons which I think is going to allow them to go far yeah because you know the, with a season that's had so many injuries so far it's like if one person gets injured on this team there's not one person that's leading this team there's a lot of weapons yeah although I think Chris Johnson's going to get better and better each game I think he is so that's the one thing I'm going to be watching. Is, are you going to try and get him on your team? On my fantasy team? Yeah. Uh, I think somebody already has him. Oh, man. I know. It's unfortunate. It I is. had Arian Foster, and now he's uh, done for the year. Yeah. He was just back this year, too, and now he's done again. Yeah, this was one of his best games was this past week, even yeah. though they lost. But Oof. They tough. came back, at least. It was like, at one point, it was 41 nothing by the Dolphins. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Um. All right. Well, tell me... Um. Tell me some other stuff that, you know, you've been working on. Anything else you want the people to know before we wrap up here? Mm. I know, I know. It's a it's an on-the-spot type question. But, all right, so actually, I'll ask you this. You've, you've been around. You've interviewed, like we said, the NFL draft, the Super Bowl. What was the most – because you're an athlete. You love the game. You yeah. love sports. You're open if if you if they need to sign you the Texans you're available I'm the agent for that deal if if that needs to happen <laughs> my parents live in Houston so I already have a home We're yeah good. you're a local hire it's fine yeah. but what are some of the highlights like what are some of the best or moments that you know as an athlete because it is it, it's not only is it a job for you but it's fun yeah so it what is. are some of the best moments you've had in your in your hosting career Ooh, I would say uh, getting to work some of the Super Bowl stages with Joe Montana 
Oh, legend. Yeah, we were talking about how certain players just have an aura about them. And you can't explain it. Like, when you're next to them, it's just something that radiates from them. And Joe Montana, I just sat there in in awe. I was, like, trying to focus on on work. That and then the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Not the fight itself, but I did all the the lead-up coverage. And there was something just magical about that weekend and being an MGM Grand and being surrounded by all the greatest boxers of all time that were there watching the fight. It was just special. Yeah. No, it is. And I think that's what that's what sucks you in about sports. It, it's the feeling. It's the, the non-tangible, undescribable feeling when you're in the same room with some of these people. When you watch the game, we were talking earlier, too. It's like Sunday's therapy for me. Yeah. It's like I just sit and watch football all day. The world shuts off. I don't need to hang out with anybody. I'm happy <laughs> by myself with the football game. You know what I mean? But yeah. it is when you're an athlete. It's like it, it just especially nowadays with all this outside noise of the social media, the this, that, and the mm-hmm. other thing, it's literally a time where you can shut it all off and you're just there. Although I do like watching games, and I guess this is just uh, me being obsessed with social media. I love watching games and being on Twitter at the same time because I love, like I see a play and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. And then I want to make sure everybody else felt that same way. And so I'll go on on my Twitter feed and it'll be like, wow, oh my gosh, did you see that? It's 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 fun. That's yeah. I can understand it. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit older than you, so it's like different for me, sort of. But I and I can understand that, but for me it's like I don't even think to tweet. Like Monday night football, I love it. I would never think to be like, Forsett got the ball, the D fell asleep, touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, I would never think to be like, Mateo, sick play at the end zone. I'm like, I look yeah. at you and I look at the TV and I'm just like, yes! And yeah. that's like, it's it's for this. Yeah. But everyone else is experiencing it and, you know, and I get it. And it's great. And it's changed and different. But, you know, it's very interesting. You're still living in the moment, though, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. Social media takes away from that. It does. And, um, oh, you know what else was interesting fact today? Um, the... Ravens defense is the third in the in leading in sacks. It's the third team, which I found shocking. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Uh, I can't see our chat up there. Or was it the third worst? Because they don't have they don't have Suggs. No, but they had Danville. Yeah, who was the third? Um. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I feel like Fantasy Stats Guru or Jonathan, if you guys can look that up. But I'm pretty sure that it said something to that, which I found very um, interesting because I didn't see – there wasn't a lot of sacks. Yeah. The Cardinals had no turnovers. The Falcons had two – I mean the Falcons. The Ravens had two turnovers. Um, Nothing else. I mean, they had – the, the statistic that actually stood out to me the most was that the Cardinals had almost twice the amount of yards. Yeah. Would it have like 842 or something? No, I think it was like 400 and something. And no, and then the what did the Cardinals have? The Cardinals had 400 and something. Oh, the other one had 200. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's just interesting, and it is. It's like yards, possession time. Like, that's what wins games. Yeah. I feel like overall, though, it was a lot of solid football played. True. It was, I mean, nobody really made that big of an error until the very end. Yeah. But, I mean, the rest of the drive leading up to that moment was great from Flacco. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree with you. It was, which is interesting that you say because there was some solid football playing, but it's almost like we're trained 
to see the really crazy or the really terrible and that's yeah. more exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is terrible. But it is. It was just some solid football plays. There was there wasn't that many flags. I mean there was some. Yeah. There was some plays that were, you know, terrible. But I feel like in the same sense it was very um, you know, textbook football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other player that stood out to me was Floyd on the Cardinals. He came through. He got the the touchdown at the end. He was very um, he was a key player for the game, which is another weapon. So there was like five weapons. Yeah. Um, who would your player of the game go to tonight? Chris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick one on the Ravens, who would it go to as well? If you uh, had to. Well, I need to check my fantasy score, and if that's the case, uh, Steve Smith will get it. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, how? Well, I don't think he got too many points. I don't think he did either. No, five carries. But a win is a win, right? A win is a win. I will take that. Um, all right. Well, anything else you'd like to let the people know before we uh, wrap up here? I think. I mean, we've they've been following me on Twitter today, yeah. and you guys have been tweeting your questions and stuff. So Are there I, any questions let's, anyone let's, has? Let's take a viewer question. We've got time. Out. We've got time for a question. Um, let's see. You guys, thank you guys so much for watching while we get this question. We got, uh, you know, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We got SoundCloud, iTunes, give us some stars. We will hopefully have the full panel back next week. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, um, Tina Cap and Jonathan. Jonathan is feeling a little bit under the weather, so give him some love. And Tina Cap had a scheduling conflict, so um, we miss them. We love them. And... Um, you have a question yet? No you questions, got? more comments about the, the the end of the game. Oh, yeah? What you got? What you got? Yeah, I have a lot of uh, angry Ravens fans. They're just upset with their team, not with us. So that's good news. Good, good, good. No, I, it is upsetting, but that's what it's about for me. It's yeah. like you win, you lose. It's upsetting, but it, you feel. Yeah. No matter what it is, it makes you feel on Sunday. It, you're, like, free to feel. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the Ravens. They don't feel enough right now. They need more passion. Yeah, it's true. They, it's true. You guys, you fans out there, you Ravens fans, you need to share that passion with your team. Because mm-hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, the Ravens kind of have a good team. Yeah, they do. I don't think they're terrible. It's They're not like a laughingstock team like... You know, the Detroit Lions, not that they're a laughingstock team, but you're like, oh, my God, what's happening with the Lions? Like, you just, every week, you're kind of like, oh, the Ravens might pull it off this week. Yeah. But, you know, clearly they didn't. Sorry for you Ravens fans out there, but congratulations for you Cardinals fans. And one other thing that we do before we leave, which I'm going to have you participate in, and we're going to have to make some sort of bet. I'm not going to make you change your last name. (laughs) I mean, your middle name. But we're going to have some kind of bet. Okay. So we are going to pick... Our we pick for three games. Okay. So what we do is we do next Monday night football. Perfect. Which is going to be the Colts versus the Panthers. That's an easy game. Okay. And then we're going to do the next consecutive games for each of the teams that played tonight. Okay. So we got the Cardinals versus the Browns at at uh, Cleveland, and the Chargers uh, and the Ravens versus the Ravens at Baltimore at home. So who are you going to pick for next Monday night football? The Colts versus the Panthers. Oh, Panthers! They're on a roll. All right. And it's not just Cam Newton. I mean, the defense, everything. They looked great last night. They did look great. And just real quick, I want to touch on Cam Newton. I feel like we talked about this earlier, too. We have that 
class, you know, in that two, three years of the new drafts of quarterbacks, she got the Cam Newtons, the Andrew Lux, all that, like two years apart they were? Uh, I think one year from the draft. Yeah. One year from the draft. So it's like you've got these quarterbacks, and, and no one kind of believed in Cam Newton. in the They, they did, but he, there was all this bad media, bad press about him. And then you've got Andrew Luck, who was like the golden boy, and, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, and it's very interesting to me how a lot of these other quarterbacks shot right up and did amazing in the beginning, and yeah. then they're kind of like, like falling. RG3. RG3. And now they're kind of like falling off a little bit. But you had Cam Newton, and he was like slow and steady climbing. And he is just on it. He's classy in his interviews. His team is together. He's just winning games, and he doesn't care. He just wants to go out there and play football and win games. He does it all right. Well, and he's very camera aware. I I saw a a player tweet this last night. They were like, Cam Newton seems to know where every single camera is in the end zone. Yeah. No, that's true. (laughs) So he knows how to play the game. He realizes it's a business, and that it's a form of entertainment, and he is an entertainer. He's a Terrell Owens. He's a... Chad Ochocinco, and he does a good job of it. Yeah, and I love him for it, Me though. Too. I do. I'm not... I mean, I don't know that I've loved the other guys you mentioned. Like, Chad Ochocinco, you have to love. Trello, which you have to love, too. But there's some of them that are that media people that you kind of just are like, yeah. yeah, you know. But Cam Newton, I do love him. I'm going to agree with you and go with the Panthers. Okay. So then we've got the Cardinals versus the Browns. The game is in Cleveland. Who are you picking for that? I'm picking Cardinals. They're on a roll, too. All right, I feel like I'm going to have to pick the Cardinals too. We might not have a good bet here. <laughs> we might just have to be friends then and not bet against each other. And then we've got the Chargers versus the Ravens. Oh, this one's tough. I hmm. Are you going to make it interesting and pick the team that I'm not picking? I might. I actually, like, Phil Rivers <laughs> might pull it together. I know, that's what I was thinking. Because they just got spanked again. But the Ravens are due for a win. They only See, have, they only I, have that, one win. That's what I said. That's what I keep. That's what everyone said last week too. That's why I was like, oh, maybe they might win. Don't look at mine. I kind of want to go with the Ravens. I know it. You know what? I'll make. Oh wait, no, because I got all these other people too. All right, okay. I will. I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's tough. What is the Chargers' record right now? Uh. We can't see our chat thread. If the engineer could make that happen, that'd be great. Awesome. Thank you. Um, All right. So Jonathan is picking the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Panthers. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. He's a Chargers fan. And so is the other girl on the the panel here. They're both Chargers fans. So I'm going to have to go with you and go with the Ravens. All right. Just to keep it interesting. All right. All right. So we'll just just go against them. (laughs) Um, What's our bet? Are we doing a bet with them? Uh, yeah, Jonathan, what are we doing to bet with you guys? Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, should I just go Chargers so that we can have a bet? Yeah. All right, I'll go Chargers. What's our bet? I don't know. Uh, You'll teach me how to parallel park or no? <laughs> I'll teach you how to par- If I win, you have to wear a Jets jersey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, deal. And deal. If, if you win, what do I, I'll wear the jersey of your choice on the show. Oh, well, it's going to be Cam Newton. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Whatever. You can, we'll pick something funny and we'll tweet about it. Yeah. Um, all right, sweet. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming. It was really a pleasure to watch with you. What is happening? Oh, the noise. Um, and until, well, where can the people continue to keep up with you? Again, on your Twitter, Instagram? What's yeah. that handle? So Twitter's at Lindsay M underscore sports. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is Lindsay McCormick sports. 
Awesome. And you guys can keep the conversation going with me. I am at I am Steph Z with an F. So it's I A M S T E F Z. Also, check out. Uh, I just recently partnered up with an ex NFL player for a clothing line called Rare Breed. So check it out. RareBreedLifestyle.com. Thanks. Bye bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Watched kind of the buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 